This podcast is part of the A3K Network. For more information, visit www.anime3000.com. Warning. The views and opinions expressed by this producer are not necessarily the views and opinions expressed by Anime 3000, its producers, partners, or affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. The Other Side, the only anime podcast that isn't riddled with all manner of autism. I'm Cody Byer. I'm Max Leto. I'm Andrew Erickson. And we're going to continue our talk of many different anime genres. Now, I don't know if you folks have noticed, we started a little bit of a trend as we went. We decided we would start doing progressively worse ones. We did the mecha thing, and then we decided we would do Slice of Life. And then we decided this week we're going to do Magical Girl. (laughs) That's all I got to say about that. And then as we decided that, we're like, oh, I guess we're going in worse and worse genres. So what's after this episode? You're just going to stay tuned next week to find out what gets worse than Magical Girl. Because, folks, Magical Girl, Magical Girl is bad. Uh, we, uh, I mean, we were never really, you know, fans of it before, but we, we dove into that cesspool and we found some things. Magical Girl is a pretty fucking bad genre. And you can tell it's a bad genre because just look at the seminal Magical Girl series, the series that every other Magical Girl series is pretty much aping off of, and that's Sailor Moon. Because let's be honest, let's take nostalgia goggles off for a sec. I know it was a, uh, it's the first anime for a lot of people and uh, whatever. Let's take them off for a sec. Sailor Moon's bad. Sailor Moon's pretty damn bad. And I don't point to him often, but actually the nostalgia critic... Actually, reviewed Sailor Moon in one in you know Sailor Moon can be hit or miss. Don't get me started on that Avatar review. That was terrible. But he actually did, he actually uh, hit it pretty well on Sailor Moon. I recommend folks go watch that. And it was actually funny. And based on what he said, is very formulaic, uh, very creepy, very terrible, and contrived and bad. And that's all Magical Girl series ever. See you next week, folks. <laughs> like. I think um, I know a lot of people like to get up on it because, like, oh, it had a lesbian couple that were in love. Oh, it was so progressive. Who gives a fuck? It was still a bad show. Um, really bad show. Very, very bad show. And then the dub made them into cousins, but didn't change anything. So, so <laughs> Sailor Moon was the anime version of Gone Home. <laughs> sure. No, because in Sailor Moon, things happened. <laughs> really stupid things, but yeah, they happened. <laughs> yeah, and. There's a lot. The fights were pretty dumb. It was like, because it was for girls, so it wasn't going to really be action packed. And it was just they would meander for a while until Sailor Moon just threw her headband at the monster and killed it. Even though she probably couldn't have done that for the beginning, but she didn't. And then, and they would fight various very pretty people. I actually had a friend who was big into Sailor Moon way back in the day when anime was new. It was the new hotness. Uh, not really. It wasn't new, but you know what I mean. It was. It was the anime boom was happening, and I ended up watching a lot of Sailor Moon because of this guy. I know, and I know way more about it than I'd like to. I remember the only thing about it I ever thought thought was cool was that one of the villains of one of the story arcs was this Grim Reaper looking motherfucker with a crystal ball, and he killed people. 
And that was it. <laughs> and I think the, and there was one concept I thought was cool. We found out later that all of the story arc villains actually tied together. They were all an incarnation of this one being. I thought, okay, that's a neat idea. Other than that, it's pretty terrible. Uh, pretty fucking bad. And then the guy that made Yu Yu Hakusho went and married the chick who made that, and I can only just imagine how much money is going around in that house. <laughs> I'm out of toilet paper again! Use the wad of $100 bills! Okay. I don't know why we don't just use yen. We live in Japan. <laughs> Yen's for pussies! We're rich! <laughs> I, I think they might actually have Uncle Scrooge's money bin over there, and they swim in it. And the toilet was probably made out of gold. Yeah, really. Their their house looks like uh, they, well, their their bathroom looks like that episode of Sea Lab where the feng shui guy came in and <laughs> turned the bathroom like a miniature garden with a golden toilet that was under a little shrine thing had a river in the bathroom. Honey, I want to powder my face, but we ran out of diamond dust again. <laughs> I'm gotta go, I gotta go golfing with Shigeru Miyamoto and Ichiro Oda at eight. Because they're also very successful, rich, creative people in Japan. Can can we just talk about Sea Lab next week instead of what we're supposed to? <laughs> Sadly, no. I'm dreading that episode. <laughs> we all are, except for Max, because he's twisted. Yeah, don't worry. Um, I have some very special recommendations lined up for you guys. Uh. <laughs> well. Shake off the shuddering here and talk about more magic girls. Magical girls are basically, for those who actually don't know what this is, basically you get some girls, and they invoke some kind of power, and then they get an outfit that usually looks like a tarted-up schoolgirl outfit, and they get magic powers, and they defeat things with magic pretty sparkle lights, and yeah. they fight monsters or evil things, but the evil things will be very... It's very girly. It's, it's like superheroes for girls. Yeah, the only thing is... The they, don't, thing is, they don't get the outfits right away, though, because when they transform, they're naked. Yeah, that's what I was about to get to. It, while it's for girls, there's creepy fan service that abounds. And then basically what happened was magical girls started getting a tertiary audience of creepy men. So what did this spawn? Magical girl series that weren't made for girls. Uh, and you get things like, you know... One of the shows my co-hosts are going to be talking about, and then you get Madoka Magica trying to be arty about it and subvert the magical girl genre. And we talked at length about that in season, I think it was season one, a late season one episode, uh, entitled Too Deep for You. We went at length on Madoka Magica. The short answer is it is not as smart as it thinks it is. It is a terrible story with a large amount of plot holes. The art direction is not as brilliant as it thinks it is, and it is actually quite silly. And as an added frosting on the cake, it makes shitty Faust references. And it's not only silly, it's also ugly. It's a terrible show, terrible story, terrible character, terrible everything. And then terrible it gets really... audience. Oh yeah, terrible audience too. The fans of Minoka Magica suck balls. And... Then it gets really, really just tasteless at the end when it starts saying shit like Anne Frank was a magical girl. Like they start using real historical figures that, you know, really awful things actually happened to. And then we're going to, you know, put them in our little story because we don't have any tact or connection to the real world. Because I'm guessing Genu Rubuchi, to bring it back to autism, probably autistic as fuck, which would explain a lot of things in his stories. 
and why he can't seem to understand people or, you know, actual characters and admitted himself that he doesn't know how to actually do character development. So he just has terrible things happen to his characters. That's all he knows how to do. So that will make, make a lot of things, you know, make sense. Yeah, Madoka Magica, terrible. I won't, you know, y'all like, I like Madoka Magica. I don't care, you're wrong, because it was a horrid show, an absolutely horrid show. Um, I don't, I don't think that you could really make a case for that show on grounds of just plain quality. You know, someone's probably going to give some abstract artsy reasons why it was good, but just on terms of just writing and quality, and no one can point to a scene and is like, look at the strong writing here, look at the strong characterization, you know, look how true to life this this character's reaction and behavior is. No. Can't do it. It's a terrible show. Because it subverts tropes. (laughs) You know, it it probably could have. I mean, it looked like it was going to go that way with the decapitation scene because you have that whole inner monologue about how friendship is great and she never has to be afraid because she has friends now and then she immediately dies. Like, okay. You, You could... It could have developed in a way where it calls out the genre for having stupid writing and conventions, but then it didn't. <laughs> then it had to be art. And then, and, dark. and then in the end, she was God. Yeah. <laughs> and we got into the absurdity of that. And it just it decided instead of being actually competent, it was just going to be dark for dark's sake. And, you know, skin, it would be Gen Urobuchi. I mean, it's the guy that made Sayano Uda. Well, yeah, he admitted. He admitted that he hates happiness, so... Yeah, yeah flat out, so... Crawling in my skin! <laughs> These alien lollies will not heal! <laughs> Gen Hurubuchi listens to a lot of Japanese Linkin Park. Uh, he pro- hell, he probably is Japanese Linkin Park. <laughs> Except, you know, with more uh, alien lolly rape. You know, it's funny, I've got the, uh, we're talking about writing and, you know, what competent writing is, and it's just kind of ironic that, you know, as I'm talking about that, I'm glancing over, and my Black Lagoon DVD Blu-ray box set is staring me in the face. It's like, you know what I'm talking about, about good writing. Episode 7. Bitch. So, uh, yeah, that's, and that's, that. when we're talking about whether a show sucks or not, that's what we're talking about. I don't care what appeals to you, I don't care what you're into, I don't care... Any of that stuff. I'm talking about objective fucking quality, objective skill in writing, skill in characterization, skill in narrative. That's what I fucking care about. I don't care what you get your rocks off to. Doesn't matter. That's not quality. That's not what makes a good show. I don't care if you enjoy it. Doesn't make it good. You know, I like I've said before. I enjoy shitty B movies, and that don't make that don't make them good. You know, I enjoyed the hell out of Astro Zombies. Still love that movie. I keep thinking about that movie. It was so bad. It was wonderful. <laughs> How bad it was. But, and that don't make it good. I enjoyed it, but I know it's bad. I enjoyed it was, partially because it was bad. What was that one movie you keep telling us about? Uh, Big Money Restless. Oh, God, yes. The Insane Clown Posse's Western movie. I still have to see the Insane Clown Posse's first movie. ICP's movies are horrible, and they're amazing for how horrible they are. Oh my god, every scene with the fat ICP clown, he's the villain, and every scene with him, well, almost every scene, ends with him saying that it's mentioning his motherfucking money, and they get a slow close-up. Oh my god, and the fucking ten-minute fight scene with a rag doll, and it's just a terrible movie, that fucking dumb hillbilly character that's just wandering around places, and they just film him on the streets of New York for some reason. 
It's so bad. It's not. It's th- it wants to be funny. It's not legitimately funny. It's a different kind of funny. It's unintentionally funny because of how bad it is. You laugh at it, and so it's basically our comment section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pretty much. Yeah. But see, I loved that movie. But I'm not going to say, hey, man, Big Money Rustlers was a good movie. Okay. I don't know why you're hating on it. I loved that movie. I don't know why you're saying that's a good movie. No, I know it's a fucking horrid movie. That's why I loved it. I love the horrid movies that I can laugh at. I would recommend everybody go watch Big Money Rustlers because it's so bad. You gotta know it's bad. You'll be watching a shitty movie, but if you love shitty movies, check that shit out. But yeah, I'm not gonna sit, I'm not gonna sit up here and say, oh, it's a great movie. Ah, oh, fantastic film. No, I know it's bad. I can recognize it's bad. Just because you like something doesn't make it good. So when we talk about what's good, what sucks, and we're going to be telling them about that, talking about that a lot, that's what we mean. I don't care if you like it. Madoka Magic is objectively bad. And we got into that on a podcast in terms of its story, its narrative, its characters, its laughable ending, which acts – not acts cop. I do this all the time. Inferno <laughs> Cop, which Inferno Cop brilliantly parried, parodied. What is wrong with me? I'm sorry. I – just got off watching JoJo. I'm still, you know, awful. but brilliantly parodied. That ending was trash. That show was trash. It was a bad show. But it had lesbians. <laughs> Go watch porn and fap. But the, Madoka Magica was basically the attempt to take the magical girl genre and, you know, deconstruct it. But it didn't really deconstruct it. It, it seemed like it was going to deconstruct like Andrew said. But then it just goes off and, like, it's just magical girls but dark. And, oh, look, it just pink, flowery pastel stuff but then oh my god they're fighting ransom note monsters and oh no the evil collage is gonna get me so i mean that's all it was but in general magical girl shows except for that one are very lighthearted and ta-la-la with lots of sparkly you know pastel colors and ugh. and like I said, they're originally for girls and then the secondary audience showed up and then they started making these magical girl shows for the secondary audience and these tend to be heavier on the fan service because, you know, uh, cartoon women. Uh. So, like, you get a lot more panty shots. If you ever seen, if you ever played No More Heroes 2, and if you haven't, you're a faggot. Uh, if you ever played No More Heroes 2, you know, and you saw, they had the video of the opening for the anime that Travis Touchdown was obsessed with. It was a fictional parody of anime. It was, it was a fictional anime called Pure White Lover Bizarre Jelly 5. And they actually, you can watch the opening for Bizarre Jelly 5. It's hilarious. It's a perfect fucking parody. parody. See, I got it that time. <laughs> and it's basically is what male-oriented magical girl shows look like. Yeah, guess what the white Bizarre Jelly is. <laughs> you have three guesses and your first two don't count. See, I, I saw that video before I really watched any Magical Girl shows, so I thought Suda51 was just exaggerating. Nope. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> if, if, and if anything, he was holding back. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, yeah, yeah, folks, don't go watch Magical Girl shows. Skip them. Go play some Suda51 games instead. Killer Is Dead was recently released. I hear tell it's excellent. But I also hear that it has that horrible mode where you look at, like, women half-naked and that's, like, sexist, save me, Anita-sama, this is so horrible, uh, it sucks. What the hell is up with this new wave of wannabe feminists in gaming? Shut up. 
No one cares if there's titties. Shut up. But, but Cody Swatter doesn't deserve a career anymore after making killers dead. Oh. No, no, Kojima. No, the guy said that Kojima didn't deserve a career after he had a girl that was just pretty much wearing a bikini top as a character. No, he did, they said, he did say that about Swatter. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, somebody said Suda51 doesn't deserve a career anymore because of... The gigolo missions and killer yeah. is dead. But yeah. you are right. They were bitching about Kojima too. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, if you're one of these new uh, feminists and slacktivists, just don't talk anymore. Don't have opinions. Blow your brains out, really, because society would you know benefit from that. But uh, yeah, they're like the idiots that said that. And quit giving Sarkeesian money, you fucking retards. Yeah, she's a can't, con artist. Can't you see a blatant fucking scam when you see one? <laughs> I'm a male ally. Yeah. Please fuck me, granola girls. Yeah, why don't why don't you ask her where all that money went? I mean, after all, she didn't play any of the games. She just ripped the footage from YouTube from other people without asking. And really, all of the camera work and all of the quality of the videos isn't any better than what she did before. So where the fuck did all that money go? You know, well, you I'll tell you, I t- I tell you exactly where it went to buy more giant hoop earrings. Yeah, probably. Exactly. Exactly, right. I mean, you get these motherfuckers... Ugh. I mean, and, and it's not going to work. I mean, look what happened when they were spurging over Dragon's Crown. <laughs> People got pissed and went and bought Dragon's Crown out of spite. Good going. So, yeah. I mean, this... Truly a worthy cause. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you know, I've said before, and this is the last I'll get on this tangent, I'll go back to Magical Girls, but I've said before, that's, this is actually a, uh, a good sign in America of, like, sort of, I guess you'd say race relations, because crying racism doesn't work anymore. Playing the race card doesn't work anymore, and being sort of anti-white and, you know, crusading for racial stuff doesn't work anymore. So now these motherfuckers are going for feminism. Now it's not racism, it's misogyny. That's the new flavor of the activist day, which is, which is a good sign. It means that the old poison doesn't work anymore. So now they had to develop a new poison. And eventually this will run its course, and then we as a society will become immune to this poison – and I hope that they're out after that, that they've run out, and because they're out of poison, and then now we can just stop bullshitting each other. Yeah, I'm going to put my money on speciesism. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Animal rights will make a comeback. Yeah. By the Maybe way, fuck vegans. <laughs> you, know what? You, you know what? It might. We might have a rise of the vegans, a rise of the, the uh, animal rights activists. It's, that is That is a possibility. That'll be the next cause. Well, it'll be easier to defeat them, though. We just need to eat some burgers in front of them. <laughs> then, they will, the then their heads will explode from I anger. I want to do that. I want to go, go in front of the pro- like these vegans just being dicks and just eat a hamburger and just stare at them. Just slowly. Get it, make sure it's rare so it drips. <laughs> just kind of looking blankly oh. with no emotion in my face. <laughs> the suffering in the animal really brings out the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Cody Buyer is Bloodmouth the Pirate. <laughs> That's an in-joke, folks. Uh, so anyway, these fucking magical girl shows. We like our tangents here at the other side. It makes podcasts more interesting. Magical girls. Uh, they suck. It's a terrible genre. And there's not a lot... Like, the other shows... <clears throat> the other genres, when we were talking about, like, the show that they ape from, we had a lot to talk about. Not so much with Sailor Moon. There was a formula. There were... Transformation scenes, pretty sparkle effects. They threw things. Magic happened. Uh, Girly-looking men. Lesbians. There you go. That's all there really is to say. But I know you guys 
I may be, I may have seen Sailor Moon back in the day, but you guys, I don't believe you did. So you had to watch some magical girl shows of your own to fully appreciate the genre. Yeah. Now, Max, I know you watched two, so I'll save you from bits so you can just go through both of them. But Andrew, I know you uh, suffered probably more than any of us, so I'm going to give you the opportunity to make it all feel better. Andrew, unleash the beast. All right, so. I watched, um, I tried to watch Magical Girl Lyrical Nanoha, which apparently is based on some hentai manga. Oh, oh is it? It's uh, Triangle Heart, I think. Oh. I thought it was just a regular show. I didn't know it was based on porn. Yep. You can't tell with these fucking Magical Girl shows. Oh, yeah, I mean, really. So, off to a great start already. Um, oh, before you get started, I ju- that just reminded me of something I saw. I'm going to tell a quick story, and then I'm going to let you unleash the beast. A couple years ago, uh, it wasn't last year. It was, I think, it was the year before. It was at Otakon with my buddy that I always go with, and we're looking through like the dealer's room, and then there was a section of hentai, and we're kind of like, let's see what this shit is, because you r- rarely do you get to see this shit in person. You know, what I mean, you see it on the computer plenty, but you rarely get to see these motherfucking things, you know, in your hands. So we're like, let's see this shit. It's be hilarious. And we're looking at stuff and like, look at this, look at this shit. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And then we see, and then he, and then like, uh, he kind of walks over to the side, and I'm just kind of looking like, that, eh, like whatever is dumb, is dumb. And then he steps over, and he nudges like, dude, dude, come here, come here, come here. And I scoot over, and he's and he shows me this on the spine, like, okay, look at this title, and tell me. And tell me what, and just picture what you're expecting. And the title, I think it was something along of Sexy Magical Girl or Dark, Dirty Magical Girl, something like that. Sex, I th- I'm going to go with Sexy Magical Girl. That sounds the most right of any of the titles I'm thinking. It's okay. And he pulls it up. And it's a woman being savaged by tentacles and chains. It was the, the like, dark torture porn with dark muted colors and, like, it looked like pure evil. <laughs> it's called oh dark magical girl i think was the title or dark sexy magical might have been that it's one of those either way it was not <laughs> the title and the, the title image no match i don't know what was going on there but i thought that was funny and i shared it so andrew i'm you may proceed all right <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, I, I didn't know about its origins until I started watching it, and once I found out it, everything sort of clicked. <laughs> because th- this show, it's not as um, it's not as bad as Asteroid, but I definitely got the same vibe. <laughs> like there is a lot of underage fan service in this. Oh lord! Like the the main characters are nine years old, I think. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah, bad and bad sign. Bad sign. <laughs> right. Um, well, the deal is. Um, Nanaha is, um, she is just a regular school student until a magical ferret appears and well, tells her... ferret? <laughs> yes. Just, you see... Blind ferret entertainment. Uh, I, I didn't watch the last few episodes of the first season, so maybe there's some important backstory I'm missing, but apparently this ferret was a magician in another dimension who lost most of his power trying to seal an evil creature, and so he teleported himself to our world and became a ferret in the process, and he bestowed magical power to Nanoha so that she could um, collect the jewel seeds, which are these 
ancient technological artifacts that transform wildlife into uh, monsters and if to he, stop them. If he can bestow this power, can he just bestow himself with power and then not be I a ferret that, and then do this shit himself? I guess not, because it takes him like nine episodes to revert to his human form. <laughs> this magical girl should make no sense! Anyway, go on. You know, th- these shows need some object to collect, usually, so... Um, they're trying to collect the jewel seeds. It's another thing, by the way, it apes from Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon had a lot of that. I remember the heart crystals or something like that, pure heart crystals that bad guys were stealing from the people. And then there was another thing they had to collect. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, it's it's video gamey almost. It's like, it's like in, uh, Castlevania when you beat one of the bosses and that orb drops down. (laughs) You pick it up. That's, that's how these magical girl shows tend to go. Yeah, so... Their objective is to gather all, uh, there's 21 of them, uh, 21 jewel seeds before they cause a bunch of havoc on Earth. And a few episodes in, another magical girl shows up who wants to collect them for some other reason, and so she fights Nanaha a bunch. Um, and apparently that's the point where the show's supposed to get good. Like, I, I read reviews and recommendations of this and people said oh it starts off boring it's not very good but then fate shows up and it becomes an interesting show and they were half right oh god <laughs> it, it starts off boring and it stays there because the pacing is atrocious nano has the biggest combination of lasers and boredom that i've seen since the star wars prequels <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a blurb on the box <laughs> <laughs> really the the one thing that they vaguely did right was I liked the wands designs because they had this thing going on where it's implied that the wands are actually technology, not magic. And uh, like something they do is that if they want to cast different spells, they have to like reconfigure the wand. I guess different um, different parts, different shapes. So I don't know. It, it's visually interesting at least, mm. and that's the only thing I can say in the show's favor. <laughs> The sticks look nice. Yes. They, they... Well, they were the most dynamic thing in any of the fights, because usually what happens is whatever none of his fighting would charge at her, and she would just stand still and wince, and an energy shield would come up on its own and protect her. And then eventually there'd be a bunch of glowy lights, and then she seals the jewel seed. You'd think eventually she'd stop wincing. <laughs> You'd think so, but I guess, you know, nine years old. And apparently it's pretty hard to dodge. <laughs> it's, I need some training from Piccolo. <laughs> it's just boring. Like, it, for a show that's only 13 episodes, at least in the first season, it sure was formulaic, because there would be a monster that shows up, Nono has to fight it. Um, after a while, it changes to, there's a monster, Nono shows up, but Fate also shows up and tries to stop her. Well, that's how they, a lot of these Magical Girl shows are. There's a monster of the week, and Magical Girl's got to yeah. kill it. Yeah, and then later on, out of nowhere, there are these people in a spaceship who send a third Magical Girl to stop both of them. I can, I can only imagine it escalates, and they have a whole army of things by the end. <laughs> Just why are we even fighting anymore? I don't know. We were supposed to collect these trinkets, but there are more of us than there are them now. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing seems kind of pointless. <laughs> Actually, that's another oh, yeah. thing that a lot of these shows have in common. Like, the villain character was, like, an evil magical girl, and she's, like, the dark rival. Yeah, well, Fate's deal is that um, 
she is a clone of her mother's dead daughter, so her mother hates her and uh, tortures her regularly. Uh, Dark edginess. This ain't your grandpa's magical girl. Well, unless your grandpa was a pedophile. (laughs) And none of his eventual strategy for stopping her isn't to outfight her, but just to talk to her and become friends, which works, actually. Well, yeah, magical girls got the power of friendship and shit. And lesbianism. Yeah, and lesbianism. (laughs) Because in all these fucking shows, like, whenever they try to portray any one of them as, like, friendly, they just look like a lesbian couple. (laughs) It's funny because it's true. And, uh... Apparently, in later seasons, they actually aged the characters up, so they're of age, which upset a lot of fans. <laughs> and confirmed all our stereotypes. <laughs> they had to find a different show for all of their full frontal nine-year-old nudity. <laughs> and thus, Astaroth's toy was born. <laughs> oh, no. That's the origin everything, story. Everything makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm still waiting for someone to make an anime based on Transformers Kiss Players. No! No man because, should have to see that. Because you'd think they'd do that at some point, given the fact that they have an audience for it. Even Transformers fans hate that shit. Yeah, I mean, of course not the Transformers fans. I don't even think Kiss Players had an audience, because Transformers fans just hated it too much. There's so much a backlash against Kiss Players. <laughs> Like, even if there's pedophiles that are into it, like, the, the <laughs> backlash from Transformers fans is so great. It's like, no, it's a, it's a, it's toxic. It's, it's television, it's television poison. Nobody else watches it because they just figure if even the Transformers fans hate it, <laughs> it must be really bad. <laughs> Michael Bay's kiss Transformers kiss players. <laughs> <laughs> Little girl kisses Optimus Prime and there's like a million explosions behind it as they make out. But the little girl is played by Megan Fox. Yeah. And and Megatron has a gigantic rape tongue. <laughs> Actually, that's nearly what happened with him and Shia LaBeouf in that one scene. I've never seen Transformers. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't care to know. I like I like keeping that track record up of knowing this. Uh, what am I saying? I'll probably watch the riff tracks of it one day. <laughs> I mean, hell, I watched, I've watched. i seen all of Twilight thanks to Rift Tracks. Might as well. Transformers, <laughs> pedos in disguise. If there's any way to make it watchable, that's it. Mm-hmm. So, tell us about... No, Fate, that's the... I'm guessing the dark, magical girl. Tell us, yes. tell us a little more about Fate. Because I, know, I remember all... you were enjoying her when you were... Uh, I say enjoying in the most ironic way because on the our chat where we frequently chat, you were... Uh, mentioning her a few times and had posted a screenshot that you had warned us about. Hey, you know, for all people talk about what a great character she is and how she makes the show interesting, she's really flat because all there is to her is she pretends to be stoic, but she wants the approval of someone who hates her. But that makes her deep because she has issues. Issues make you deep, right? Of, of course she's flat. She's nine years old. <laughs> oh, yeah, and she created some furry wolf woman named Arf. Why? The fuck? Yeah. Well, the, f- the fuck? It, it, it's her familiar. <laughs> we got your fetish discovery. <laughs> <laughs> Who was Wait. the only character in the show with breasts. So, there's Wait, that. So, Fate is nine years old? 
Um, near as I can tell, she looks the same as Nanoha, at least. But you posted a screenshot where she was apparently showed an upskirt shot and she was wearing a thong. And you see her entire ass. Yeah, yeah, that did happen. You didn't tell me that was the fucking ass of a nine-year-old girl. <laughs> I mean, it was bad enough that it was like cartoon ass thong. I didn't properly get to yell at you that you were like, "Hey, here's look at this, look at this thing I'm watching." <laughs> And here I am, I'm just thinking, oh, that's dumb. It's fucking cartoon ass and camel toe. But that's fucking nine-year-old ass and camel toe? Yeah. Yeah. I should kick your ass. Look, I, I warned everyone. <laughs> or I guess, no, wait, that was about the screenshot of Nanoha that I labeled this character as nine-years-old.jpg. <laughs> and to think that there, we have detractors that are into this shit. If that if that doesn't prove that we are correct about everything we say and do, I don't think anything will. I, do, I, I don't, like I like lollies. I don't want to think about the show. It hurts. You have to. You have to give us our your report. That's why you watched it in the first place. Yeah, and I should have more to report, but it is it's bland. Like we made fun of Akunahana fabric for having nothing happening, and. That's what this is like. Like any given episode, they'll spend ten minutes drinking tea or just sitting in uh, class at school. Well, you got to get that voyeurism or, in, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and then Nakamura uh, was a magical girl. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, Moon Prism Power Activate. <laughs> Damn it, Jedi! In the, of, in the name of propane, I will punish you. <laughs> yeah, like. It is so flat and uninteresting that in the first episode, most of the characters except Nanoha are introduced by her just narrating at the audience over still frames. Just, this is my dad, this is what he's like. Brilliant. Didn't it also have a Hot Springs episode? Yes, it did. It was what you would expect. Ass, 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 ass. I think that was around... Yeah, that might have been Fate's introductory episode. Starting to really hate this shit. Oh, wait, starting to? <laughs> People watch this. Yeah, this you, know, again. you know, I was with them when they had, like, that nine-year-old camel tone, but, you know, boring, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Enforcer Faku, is that you? Well, you said it. Starting to really, <laughs> Starting to really hate that shit. No, was really, yeah, because there's a fucking nine-year-old Hot Springs episode. <laughs> Seriously, what the... They're worth the wait, man! <laughs> These fucking... This is, there's, no, there's no defending this shit. If you like this stuff, you're a loser, you're a pedophile, you're gross. And you sicken me. And I want bad things to happen to you. I'm hoping you get AIDS. And that is my... I mean, seriously. I hate you if you like... Holy kind of shit! I hate you as a person. I'm, I'm not even sure what more I could say about it because it's a magical girl show with some sci-fi trappings and lollicon fan service, and that's there's no real substance to it. I was hoping you'd have more. You were so mad it, the last couple days. I I was mad, but I, it's just a bad show. It has flat characters, bad writing, bad pacing. I'll say it has flat characters. <laughs> <laughs> Obnoxious fan service, an un- uninteresting backstory, a generic plot. It's just bad in every way a show can be bad. 
And then they, they made the ultimate injustice and they gave them breasts. The horror. It, I've, I've heard about the later seasons and they seem like they might be better, but then again, I haven't seen them. I'm just relying on other people's word for it. And other and God damn it, now how am I supposed to jerk off to this? Yeah, and taking other people's word for it is how I got watching this show that apparently is based on a hentai series. I was like, okay, this is going to be generic and bad, but it won't be pedophilic. Wow, you lose. Yeah, yeah, the... I mean, yeah, was really, if you want something with a connection to hentai, just watch Helsing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I already have That's there. a good show with connections to hentai. It's weird to think. Yeah. Like, there's one just, out there. I should just watch that, because it has magic, and Ceres is a girl, so... <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple girls in it. They're actually pretty cool. Oh, yeah, Zorin Blitz. Um, what's it? Oh yeah, TV, the TV Trips article on Nanoha describes the later seasons as, um, I think it was Gundam in skirts. Oh, that sounds promising. What was Gundam in skirts? The later seasons of Nanoha. Because apparently it's set in space. Dumb. Look, I don't know, I didn't watch it, I'm not planning to watch it, because I'm, I don't hate myself that much. Ugh. Ugh. This burns, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna move on before I blow my brains out. Since we've pretty much exhausted our Nanoha, Max. Oh yeah, right. you watched a little something, something. Now you don't have Andrew's conviction. You're not as much of a man as he is, so you didn't really <laughs> sit through as much of your show as he did. A shout out! I watched Boku no Pico, so there, yeah. <laughs> well, you think you watch Boku no Pico? So that gives you license to just like, yeah, Andrew, you watch entire seasons. I'll watch handfuls of episodes. Yeah, I'm busy, all right. It's <laughs> shit to do. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so besides, I made up for it by watching yet another show. This is true. Episode. You watched it. you watched one episode of another show. Yeah, which what was, was the main enough. show? That you, which, yeah, the, what was the main show you watched? The main show I watched was Princess Tutu, which yeah, if I, you're going to say that watching one episode of something else qualifies as two shows, then I also watched it because I watched. Um, Little Witch Academia. Oh yeah, we you I didn't even know that. You could talk about that when Max is done. Alright. Yeah. So I had heard about Princess Princess Tudu beforehand, but only the name and I <laughs> didn't really know anything about it. So when Cody assigned me that as was supposed to watch that show, uh I was like, Huh, I never heard of that, let me look that up and then I looked on Google Image Search and the first picture I saw was of some white-haired dope uh, dance-hugging with some red-haired lolly. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, my expectations were not right because the show is actually worse than that picture promised. And the picture just looks just stupid and melodramatic, but that's not really what the show is like. Uh, you see... The premise of Princess Tudu is that it's literally a fairy tale world. And uh, I'm going to have to go quickly into the setup of this fairy tale world because it is mind-boggling. <laughs> Basically, the story goes like this. There is this author of fairy tale books, right? And he is writing a fairy tale book, but bec- uh, another new fairy tale book, but before he could finish it, he dies. 
And so, therefore, in this in this fairy tale book, which was about the confrontation of a prince and uh, an evil raven, uh, the battle between the raven and the prince goes on forever because the book was never finished. So at some point, the prince apparently uses some sort of forbidden technique or some shit and cuts his own heart out, and that's how he seals away the raven. And um, he goes reverse Kano. Yeah. Call me, call me. <laughs> or maybe he's just ripping off Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he does that, and then the evil Raven is sealed away, and yay, everything is hunky dory. And uh, the main character of the story is a girl named Ahiru, and that actually has a that name actually has an importance to, uh, significance to it, because our main character is quite literally. A duck. Wah. Yeah. And you see, Ahiru in Japanese means duck. So her name is duck. Wah. Which leads to a whole bunch of duck puns, because Wah. the narrator constantly uses both the word, her name both as her name and as the word duck. So it's, so it's, if he's, when he's saying like, you're just Ahiru, so he's basically making a pun in the sense of, oh, you're just a girl, and oh, you're just a duck. Wah. Exactly. <laughs> Although, Cody, I think your girlfriend is starting to rub off on you. <laughs> anyway, so... And I haven't even gotten into how retarded this thing is, because the old guy who has written these stories, yeah, he is actually a person within this uh, fairy tale universe, which doesn't even really make sense, because he's supposed to be dead. But he is there. And uh, is apparently this old pedophile-looking guy called Drosselmeyer. Uh, by the way, this this show does a whole bunch of random German. Like practically everything somewhere has some German, like from the episode titles to everything else. I don't know why. And strangely enough, this is actually the show where with the best German I've ever seen in any Japanese show. <laughs> so think about how depressing that is. Uh, anyway, anyway, so. Uh, Drosselmeyer is basically the kind of narrator of the entire thing, which doesn't really make that much sense, but he's constantly accompanying Ahiru and providing commentary on the story. Like, the author has almost inserted himself and is providing obnoxious fourth-wall commentary. (laughs) (laughs) And, oh my god, this is terrible. And the the premise of the show is that the main character, that duck, uh, falls in love with a prince and wants to be together with him, but can't because she's a duck. So uh, Drosselmeyer gives her like a magical pendant, and that pendant turns turns her into a girl. Wait, she was a duck the whole time? Yeah, she is actually a duck. I thought like she was like she already could turn into a girl and no, duck. She was a duck. Were this far in and she's still been a duck the whole time. And then she is given a magical pendant which allows her to turn into a girl. But then how could she fall in love with a human if she was a duck? Uh, because this is a fairy tale, fuck you. It's <laughs> apparently the logic behind everyone who likes this shit. It's, it's supposed to be a fairy tale, so inconsistencies don't it, matter. It's because ducks are weird, okay? <laughs> yeah, also, also well, they, are, they are nature's rapists. Yeah, also her legs look like looks like they like like they have socks or something because they're striped, like, <laughs> like red and white striped. I think some Japanese animators saw Big Bird from Sesame Street and thought that's how birds actually are. 
<laughs> but yeah, and and the way her transformation goes back and forth is on the stupidest fucking trigger, because when she's oh, a trigger warning, yes, yeah, uh, because when she's a duck, she turns into a girl whenever she comes into contact with water. Ronma? Yeah, I know, I know. And uh, even even better, when she turns into a girl, of course she has no clothes on. Of course, because yeah. Because fat, fat, fat. Yeah, and you know how she turns back into a duck? How? By quacking. Like she literally says quack, and when whenever she does, she turns back into a duck. Why would you ever quack, man? Because she can't help but randomly quack. So she has to sometimes hold her mouth, and that is, I think, supposed to be hilarious. Why would she quack? Because she's, she's a standing, duck. If, she, if she's magically turned into a girl, and obviously she's capable of human speech, why would she ever quack? Because backy hijinks. That's the dumbest shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, it gets even stupider, because remember when I mentioned Russell Meyer? Well, yes. apparently, his book that he... Attempted to write about, write about the prince and the raven That is unfinished And that is basically the origin of this fairy tale story Like we're basically having a story within a story Storyception kind of Anyway, this this story of his Exists within the fairy tale universe As a physical book <laughs> Nobody noticed Hey, this is Oddly prophetic. Yeah, this is this. Do you know this is basically like if you if you like watch the Lord of the Rings movies, and at some point Aragorn just pulls out a book that says the Lord of the Rings and starts reading it, and like, oh, the Urukai are gonna attack us any minute now. Oh. He pulls out the script. Smell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shit right here. <laughs> hey, wait a second. Why didn't we just fly the eagles into Mordor? <laughs> because that doesn't work. But never mind. Man, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Future me is a moron. <laughs> Wait a minute, Gandalf. You mean you use this light to chase off the dragon riders, and then when they were attacking the town, you didn't use it again? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you, you old shit? Uh, well, Gandalf the White, more like Gandalf the dumbass. This is actually explained because he can't use it when the when their king is there because he's equal to him and can suppress it. Well, it's better have been nice for the movies to tell. I mean, I know there's a reason in the books, but the movies don't tell you that. Yeah, that so is true. So it just comes off as like, what the fuck, man? Come <laughs> <laughs> on, Gandalf. Could yeah. be a bitch. And then got Gandalf. He just, he just didn't feel like it. Yeah. Or Look, Gandalf. man, it's, it's hard, okay? I gotta get I'm out of batteries. I'd have to drive all the way down to the back of the Shire, go pick up some double A. <laughs> And you know how hard it is to open up the battery port in this wall. It's fucking screwed in there. And you got to jim- jimmy it out. And it's just, I don't feel like doing it. <laughs> you know, I have a headache, all right. <laughs> Damn it, I got to just recharge my spell slots. I don't have like 5 billion ninth level spells. Who the hell do you think I am? Freaking Elminster? Anyway. Should have just called the Dragonborn. <laughs> You'd pull it off. You just have to wait a few minutes. <laughs> You just yell at them. <laughs> they die. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Princess Tutu, right. <laughs> anyway, so this is fucking stupid. And, yeah, so our basic premise is that the prince, who is that white-haired dope, 
uh, is the one from the storybook. Strangely, nobody seems to recognize that because the characters who do all know the, everyone in this world apparently knows this book, but no one has ever drawn the connection between the prince in their world and the prince within that book. So <laughs> every, everyone thinks that the book is a fairy tale. Quite ironic if you think about it. Hey guys, have you read that? Ex- um, there was this really good fairy tale a while back. It was the story of a of, a, of an evil uh, dark lord named Hitler, and and the, the, you know the whole thing with his uh, Nazi army, and and then how eventually uh, he would start a huge war that would be ended when he would get another of a, he would also ally himself with another evil emperor named Tojo. Cody, don't be stupid. That would never happen. And I know it's just a fairy tale. For some reason, I was reminded of it. <laughs> My favorite magical girl is Winston Churchill. <laughs> His wand is also a cigar. <laughs> he transforms by getting pissed drunk. <laughs> He's like Popeye with spinach. <laughs> uh, so anyway, fairy yeah. tale. Right, Princess Toodle. So, and the basic premise is, like I said, that this girl wants to marry the prince, but can't because, one, she's a duck, and she feels like she doesn't deserve him or some shit. Two, because the prince is an emotionless dope, because, you know, he cut his own heart out. So he's fucking boring. And he's also supposedly, he's also together with this other girl, together, quote-unquote, since he doesn't have any feelings. And she's he's basically my one true love. Not e- not even that. Like he he recognized that like, he's like the entire time basically, yeah, whatever. And she's like, say that you love me. Yeah, I love you. Oh. <laughs> so he's practically like that the entire time. And he has that. I think I've seen internet reviewers that sound like that. <laughs> I think I've heard anime podcasts that sound like that. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about this anime. I thought it was really good, and if you don't watch it, then you're a fool. And it's really great stuff, and everybody should go watch it. I was very moved by Cat Planet Cuties. <laughs> still better than still better than some than some other po- anime podcast. You know, today oh, we are going to talk about. Oh, uh, <laughs> Just playing under him. (laughs) I I feel like I gotta give up anime now. I don't think this is your goal, friend. Anyway, so Prince Dude also has this brother caretaker. I don't know who the fuck he is. It's like this guy with black hair who's constantly having a scowl on his face. He's constantly (laughs) calling calling him a moron. Uh, But apparently he's not a bad guy, I suppose. Anyway... And uh, the main character, like I said, I haven't even mentioned how she turns into Princess Tutu. Oh my god, it's like so much stupid shit. Uh, but yeah, prin- the way that the Princess Tutu thing works is like this. Um, she is collecting, her task is to collect like all the heart fragments of the prince. And the way that this, that this works is like after the first episode, the setup, uh, it works like this formula. She runs after the prince and... Uh, is basically practically more or less stalking him and acting like a total spurg. <laughs> and uh, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that because she's constantly like, oh my god, <laughs> and running around in circles and making faces and all that other wacky anime girl shit that just makes you want to punch a wall. 
and uh, yeah, so why uh, why she is spazzing out like oh fuck, um, someone somewhere has like a hard fragment from the prince, and she coincidentally stumbles across them. And that heart fragment will be like an emotion, like, I don't know, loneliness or whatever. And it practically basically infects them and makes them mean. And uh, then she transforms into Princess Tudu with her magical pendant. So we basically have a duck turning into a girl, then turning into a magical girl. So and if you condense it all, this is a magical duck anime. Yeah, pretty much. And then her Princess Tudu form, which apparently nobody ever recognizes that Princess Tudu and her are the same person, even though they practically look alike except for a slightly different hairstyle and dress. It's like uh, Clark Kent and Superman all over again. Yeah, except she doesn't even wear glasses. <laughs> uh, I mean, if she was just a, gr- just a duck that transformed into Princess Tutu, I mean, then I could understand, but no. She tries actually is living as a normal human, so eh... Anyway, so she then transforms into Princess Tutu and attempts to talk to them, and the villains like cause a storm or whatever because they don't want to listen and are mean, and then as Princess Tutu, she does a little ballet dance and then talks to them, and then they're not mean anymore, and she gets the heart fragment and it goes to the prince. And that's basically how that works. And they're also ripping basi- off basically every other fairy tale under the sun. Like the second episode, if I recall correctly, yeah, I think it was the second, was basically a blatant fucking ripoff of Hansel and Gretel. Well, w- wouldn't that be an homage? I mean, this thing's like a send-up to fairy tales, so... Uh, given how fucking uncreative every other fucking thing in this show is, I don't. R- I think it's more apt to call it ripping off. Like the music, for example is, uh, I mean, I'm pretty convinced that, like, more than half the soundtrack, no, like, 99% of the soundtrack is uh, not composed for this show, because they're excessively using all this public domain, uh, public domain shit, like classical music. I mean, to an extent, it's kind of understandable, because they're having this ballet-centric show. I mean, even the main character (coughs) is taking ballet classes. And apparently really sucking at them, so I don't know why she's that good as Princess Tutu all of a sudden, but whatever. <laughs> uh, like, all this is this, uh, is all this is this classical music, and it's not even like any unique stuff, it's like all this generic stuff that they, that everyone basically always uses whenever they want to do a ballet scene or classy ballroom scene. So we're getting Nutcracker Suite? Yeah. We're Actually, getting, uh... You know what? We actually get Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. Mm. I, w- I was half expecting freaking blocks to drop from the sky. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Is it Tetris music, really? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it wasn't. I know it wasn't made for Tetris, but you know that that music is so fucking stock. Uh, yeah, and now Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. Uh, remind me, which of the Tetris was that? Was that music one, two, or three? Is that A, B, or C? I think it was C. It was a dun 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 You know that. Oh. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah no, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think that was C. Because yeah. I remember yeah. B was the more, like, heavier... And then uh, A is the one everybody remembers. Yeah. See, so, yeah, I think you're right. So, uh, yeah, that's that. And, like I said, she's in this school, uh, and where she has her two dipshit friends... And all of them take ballet classes, and that's now. Now, now tell me, do, do, are her friends, 
Does one of them have an onion hairdo and has the other Mongo from Blazing Saddles? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One is blonde and the other one has purple hair and they're both annoying and that's all I remember. Purple hair, purple hair girl only pawn in Game of Life. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, they have ballet classes, and the ballet teacher is a cat. It is that makes sense. Yeah, it is literally a human-sized cat standing on its, its hind paws, and nobody comments on this. So it doesn't transform into a person? No. It is... Wait, a- if we have cats that are basically acting like people, why did... Duck need to turn into a person because if she stays a duck and tries to uh, romance a prince, one there would be a size difference, and two, <laughs> it would be bestiality. Although it's still bestiality, it's just. But why is she a normal duck, and then we have human-sized cats? Well, it is a normal cat. It's just bigger. Yeah, so I'm saying we got human-sized legs. cats, but we got regular-sized ducks. Because uh, I don't know. See, I could, I could even give it to it if this was going to be like an anthropomorphic cat. And we got animal people. But then why are some animals people size and then some animals are still regular size? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, that cat is barely anthropomorphic. It's just standing. Yes, what I'm so, saying. That's, that's the issue. Aside from the whole talking thing, of course. And he, yes. has the, he, has, he is the ballet teacher. And he has this running gag where... If, like, a student fucks up something, or they get demoted in a class, or whatever, uh, he starts profoundly sweating, and the screen quickly uh, for quickly turns like this dark haze, you know, how they're always doing that when there's supposed to be something awkward in an anime. And, th- and then, and, and and then he, he, excuse, and he excuses everyone while he goes to kiss the sky? Uh, no, he says uh, that, this, that the student in question has to marry him. Right. Yeah, that's that's the joke. Like he's threatening his students to uh, having to marry him. I could say no. And he's constantly distraught <laughs> when they don't like that, and uh, starts going all Satsubo Sensei. It's like no, oh, why won't they like me? <laughs> the rejection of my horrible marriage proposal has left me in despair. Yeah, exactly like that. And there's also in these in these ballet classes there's also a girl who's an ant eater, and no one comments on that. She Is this do I just turn to Arthur all of a sudden? <laughs> and, and she even has the tongue and everything. For some reason, I feel like it's going to be a wonderful kind of day. Yeah. Like we're going to learn to work and play and get along with each other. I don't know why. It's, it's feel like this kind of thing. Uh, you haven't seen insanity until you've seen an ant eater. In a schoolgirl uniform. Max, I think the real reason you don't like this show is because you just don't listen to your heart. Listen to the beat. <laughs> <laughs> listen to the rhythm <laughs> on the street. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it's really weird, though. Just random animal people. Like, mm-hmm. I could even give it to it if it's going to go all the way with it, and then just this crazy kinds of people everywhere. Yeah. Crazy, maybe, animal people and monster people and weird-looking people and people with weird skin colors and weird and three-eyed girl and whatever. You know, go ham with it. Or either be consistent or go ham, but you can't go middle ground and it doesn't work. And you, then that, that raises questions. If you go ham with it, then it's like, okay, that's just how it is. It's just weird. 
But if it's just if you just go middle ground with it, it raises questions. Why do we have people sized animals and regular sized animals? How come they can talk and they can't would evolution hiccup somewhere? What, what's going on? I mean there's there's some there's some was there some bestiality going on and yeah. then like some guy just like got really drunk and fucked an aardvark and then next thing you know there's a human sized aardvark and you talk? Is this like that chimp and the woman song that uh oh my god, who's that really funny singer whose name escapes me? I cannot believe I forgot his name. Guy that did wood cheese and children. Oh, he's fucking hilarious, and I've forgotten his name, and I'm so sorry. If I remember, I'll post it in the comments, um, or someone else can post it in the comments if you know. But yeah, he does song the chimp and the woman, and then the, the chimp human hybrid child comes into town, and the people beat him to death with a rock. <laughs> is this what's going on here? Yeah, you know, actually, this this anime is kind of like Rule sixty three, Magical Girl, Howard the Duck. Here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> mm, I'm gonna teach. I'm gonna teach you how to dance. Yeah, I, dance. I mean, they occasionally have like people with these weird features that look incredibly stupid. Dancer like for money. Like the like the um substitute for the evil witch in that one episode, who's simply a cook whose husband died. Do what you want me to do. <laughs> But practically everyone else is just these generic white animal people. <laughs> so uh can't have any darkies in this fairy tale world. <laughs> <laughs> there are no black people in fairy tales. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to think Drosselmeyer was a little bit racist. <laughs> well he's German. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have the standard fantasy races. You have the elves, the dwarves, and the white people. <laughs> 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 hey, what are we doing talking about races? We're white. <laughs> we can't talk about that stuff. We have no room. We have no right. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm white. Why was fucking I... privilege, Max. Why was I born a monster? <laughs> Why can't I stop oppressing minorities? <laughs> I know. I'm just walking along the street, and all of a sudden, I'm just, what's this in my hand? A chain. I look back, and it's tied. And it's like a trail of black slaves with their necks in, in clamps like oh darn it I'm sorry guys I didn't notice you can all go free don't don't call me massa I didn't mean to do it the only way to stop this is to throw the whip of power into the fires of Mount Jesse Jackson <laughs> I mean I can't tell you how many times I've been walking along and all of a sudden I just so my, I was looked at my other hand. And was that? Is that a job application from a Sancho Martinez? Oh no, it's crumbling in my hands. No, Sancho, I'm sorry. I know you needed that job. Oh damn, Sancho, I'm sorry. Look, I'll try to get you. I know, I know a guy that works at a grocery store. He can hook you up with a job. I'm sorry, Sancho. I didn't mean it. I'm white. It just happens. I can't control this shit. I mean, it's hard enough being male, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, like I come home, there's my girlfriend within in in the kitchen, chained to the stove. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, honey. Oh, it's hard this uncontrollable oppression. Anyway, my comedy bit's over. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much the basic premise. Uh, and oh, of course, when she when she transforms, of course, she's uh, first naked. And of then there's like all these golden feathers that gather around her to shape a golden egg, and then she turns into Princess Tutu. 
And her hair as Princess Tudor is basically her regular hair with what looks like feathers on it. And it's really stupid. And she, like I said, she defeats the evil villains with the power, magical power of ballet dancing. Uh, oh yeah, and there's, uh, the opening also has a pandy shot. An elongated one. And there, in one of the episodes, there's this one scene where she is uh, trying to warn the prince of some bullshit, but then she quacks, and so she has to go into water to turn herself back into human form, because as a duck she can't talk. Why um, did she quack? Yeah, I don't know. Unlike, there's all these other talking animals, why can't she talk? May- maybe she has duck Tourette's or something. <laughs> <laughs> Mother quacker. <laughs> I'm just trying to say hello to you. Mother quacker, quack you! Suck my quack! Man, Do- like, man, Donald Duck got PG-13 <laughs> all of a sudden. This <laughs> is Do- the Donald Duck, the dark and edgy reboot. It's Christopher Nolan's Der Fuhrer's face. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so she goes into the fountain. But due to the fact that she's, like, directly transformed back, she, of course, doesn't have her clothes anymore. And so this wacky hijinks ensues where she tries to get her, transforms herself back to a duck again, then drags her clothes into a bush, then jumps back into the water again and is naked again, and then jumps into the bush and puts her clothes on again. Yeah, and this is supposed to be funny. This is creepy and dumb. And yeah, then she almost quacks again. You imbecile! Uh, that sounds... There's no other way to describe that. There's no other word I could use. Yeah. That's faggy. Oh, and she she has that weird strand of hair on her head, you know, that looks like it's shaving this crescent sickle, kind of like, like what the Japanese call idiot hair. Oh, yeah. And her princess tutu form has that, too, and when she's a duck, she has that, too. Because it's cute! Yeah. Oh, and the only girlfriend of the prince, if you can even call her that, is kind of an asshole. Of course, because she's got to be like, oh, the main character is so much better for him. Oh, drama. Yeah. One hand, then to be together. Get out of the way, bitch. Oh, foil, romantic rival. <sighs> because, you see, the two were having a picnic, and she's like, I'm thirsty. And he starts uh, wanting to give her, like, some bottle with some shit in it and she just takes it while he has it in his hand and uh, puts it to the side so that it, you know, runs out and then she says, I'd rather have water and then basically he's just like go fetch, asshole and of course he goes because, you know, he's emotionless and therefore doesn't give a shit about anything so he just does it Sounds like a compelling character. I can see why the prince would have hooked up with her in the first place. Uh, and that's that's the setup to the whole uh, Hansel and Gretel thing. And, oh, God. And, oh, yeah, I almost forgot. There's also some drama. For you see, apparently Princess Tudu was a character that previously existed in the story. Uh, and when she confessed her love to the prince, she disappeared. And it's like, oh no, she can never tell him she loves him because then the story will like reset everything. Oh, it's, it's so tragic. But of course, at the end they get together. I mean, goddamn. Of course. Yeah, 
as TV Tropes describes it, the Aesop is that it's all right to be yourself, whether you are a duck, a prince with a messiah complex, a failed knight, or the spawn of the big bad. Also, true love is not selfish. Yes, true love, that is with bestiality. <laughs> I'm gonna make love to this duck, and then we're gonna produce a human-sized talking duck. I- <laughs> <laughs> and and that's how Sesame Street got started. Yeah, but actually, I don't I don't approve of man duck marriage. Yeah. I'm a traditional cool. guy. <laughs> I think that the races should keep it themselves. <laughs> Walt Disney? It's just unnatural. <laughs> I don't I don't think humans and ducks are ready to live together yet. <laughs> uh, obs- I, I, I'm sorry, obs- I don't support uh, human-duck marriage uh, Obscure reference, I mean. folks, gotta love it uh, So, uh, but yeah, this, this, is, this is really weird for several reasons Like, ima- imagine if they're, if they're in the middle of having sex and suddenly she quacks Oh, God <laughs> <laughs> of, course, of course you thought of that situation <laughs> This is where Max's mind goes You'd instantly kill her <laughs> Probably not. This is a Japanese show. (laughs) (laughs) Japanese is very smart. Perfect for duck. (laughs) This is not how you make a turducken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. <laughs> so anyway, so is that all that you saw? Uh, actually, no. I also watched that other show. <sighs> you see, when I was uh, going through Google, I stumbled across—I don't even know how—but I stumbled across a thread at something awful, where they were discussing a show that they really liked, and I thought it looked stupid, so I looked it up. And, oh, it says it's a magical girl show. And then I thought, oh, this is, like, fucking perfect. Like, we can also piss off something awful. And the show that it is is called Symphogear. <clears throat> the full name is actually Senki Sesho Symphogear, which means Best Song of the Valkyrie Symphogear. Whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. <clears throat> and the show is pretty much about these uh, two magical girl idol singers who have a band. That is two flavors that should not go together. Yeah. <laughs> and when the show begins... Well, they shouldn't They shouldn't exist independently, but, you know. Yeah. And when the show begins, uh, the two have a concert, and then suddenly these evil aliens appear that are called Noise. Apparently the guys who made this show stole the name from The World Ends With You. Uh, so yeah, these, these evil aliens appear, and their deal is when they touch a human, that human turns all black and goes into dust because they turn basically humans into carbon. And then they fall apart, even though that's not really how carbon works, but regardless. And uh, these two idol singers then sing in order to transform, because, you know, that's the uh, unique part about this. And... Uh, they start fighting the evil noise thingies, but there's like one schoolgirl who was a really huge fan of them and who's just watching instead of running away like all the other people, because I guess she's retarded. <laughs> and uh, when inevitably the evil aliens start attacking her, 
the red-haired girl like goes in front of her and blocks all of the attacks, and her dumb ass still doesn't move, even though after she was told to run away. No, she just falls to the ground and looks. And, of course, inevitably, a red-haired girl is, like, almost dead, and then she starts singing another song, and apparently that's the swan song, uh, or best song that they're referring to in the uh, title, because that's apparently, like, this super power-up that all these magical girl characters can do, Mm -hmm. but when they do it, they get super powerful for a short while, and then they die. So it's like that one thing from Naruto with Rock Lee, except even more stupid. <laughs> you forgot the best part, though. Because, uh, like, a flying piece of shrapnel hit the schoolgirl in the chest. And then a red hair girl shouted something like, Don't give up on life! Before immediately using the move that causes her to die. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give up on life, commit suicide! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and that, by the way, that piece of shrapnel that hits her in the chest, of course, later enables her to also be a magical girl, because I think it was like a piece from her spear, which was called Gugnir, named after the weapon of Odin, of course. Even though it doesn't look like a spear, it simply looks like a flattened umbrella. But, uh, yeah. So, like I said, then she basically kills herself and defeats all the evil noise, and boo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo, she dies. And then there's like a time skip two years later, and uh, the main character, a little schoolgirl, is walking to the store to buy the CD of that other girl who survived. And then she uh, then she suddenly sees, oh, everything has been turned to dust. And then the evil aliens attack again, and then our main character girl comes across an even smaller girl, and she tries to protect her. You know, it's like symbolic because the same thing happened to her. And then they run to a rooftop, but of course... It's like poetry, it rhymes. Like every every stanza sort of rhymes, you know. Anyway, so they're on the rooftop, and then the evil aliens, of course, follow them there. And uh, she is still hugging the girl. It's like, there's got to be something I can do. And then she remembers that uh, red-haired bitch going, don't give up on life. And, of course, that allows her to do her, like, her super transformation. And then she also transforms into a Symphogear thingy. And uh, has suddenly has this rape face on her face. Oh, and we also get a massive ass shot. Of course course. So, uh, yeah, and that's how the episode ends. And in later episodes, uh, after her transformation, she also becomes introduced into this magical girl squad, because apparently the magical girls are the only ones who can fight the evil aliens, and nothing else works. Like, the army is completely worthless. <coughs> and uh, she then has the other girl, who's also at her school, like the idol singer, or the other idol singer from the beginning, as her partner. And there's, like, tension, because she resents her, for because her partner is dead, kind of because of her, to save her. Mm-hmm. And she also has the same weapon as her partners. And, uh, and then later they become friends. And, uh, so what's the point of this whole thing? Um... I don't know, it's it's crap. Like, is it like girls in a band, magical girls, but it's drama and trying to be cool with violence? Well, they, do, they do have J-pop playing over the fight scenes. Yeah. 
They do. Yeah, yeah. And, and they also have this really weird thing. Like when the girls use, uh, use any of their attacks, when they use that, on the screen it shows the name of the attack. And instead of shouting their attacks, they're simply spelled out on the screen in really huge letters. In English, of course. It's like Yu Yu Hakusho. Yu Yu Hakusho did the same thing. Huh. It's more distracting here, though. It actually kind of reminds me of uh, Die Buster, because, uh, you know, one kind of a fan service, and on the other, like, this evil alien race that they're fighting, and I'm willing to bet that there's some sort of genius plot twist with these aliens later. <laughs> And with the gods transforming and using these weapons like that are the only thing that can harm the evil aliens. Uh, uh. So yeah, and and this thing also got greenlit for a second season, which has begun airing in since uh, 4th of July. So yeah, this sucks. Sounds like it. Uh, it's, a yeah, it's, it's a fairly recent <laughs> show. Since, uh, they exist since 2012. Well, Magical Girl shows, I think... We- the verdict is in. They suck nuts. Suck them balls. Um, but, Andrew, I do believe you said you saw one other thing. Yeah, Little Witch Academia, which was this uh, just one-shot episode by Studio Trigger. And which wh- and which how- I just watched because it was Studio Trigger. And how was it? I, I should probably stop doing that, actually, because, you know, with all the stuff coming out about Kill La Kill now. <laughs> it turns out that might not be... Yeah, good. they kill like killed my enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking Shadow the Hedge Girl, <laughs> no clothes on. Just Shadow watch porn. God damn it! Watch the fucking porn so we can have decent shows where the women have clothes on, please. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, this um, and they uh, they're working on a actual series now because they had a Kickstarter for that. Oh, yeah. So maybe that'll be alright, but you know, this is just a little one-off project. It was part of some um, animation deal with the... There's this Japanese program, government program for uh, young animators, I think. But anyway, that's, that's how it started, and um, I don't know, it was okay. I mean, obviously, since it's only just 20 minutes and they were trying to tell a complete story there, it's there's not much development or anything, but it wasn't offensive. You know, it didn't actually have fan service, so that's probably a first for the genre. Yeah, that's a step up. Shit. Yeah. And um, basically the story is there's this uh, young girl who sees uh, a magic show, and she uh, she admires the magician and decides that she wants to go off to magic school herself and become just like her. And you know, travel around doing shows and entertaining people, just like her hero. And you know, years later, when she does go to the Magic Academy, this prestigious school where all of the uh, you know, up-and-coming uh, magicians go to study, she discovers that nobody takes um, the magician she saw seriously. They think that she's just a cheap entertainer and a charla- uh, charlatan. And so she has to struggle with that, like... Um, she has to rethink why she's at the school, and then a dragon they were keeping in a dungeon under the school gets loose, and she tries to help stop it. And it's pretty much it. I guess that they'll have more in the actual series. It, it really felt like a 
just a compilation episode for a series that doesn't exist. <laughs> that doesn't sound that bad. I mean, Wasn't. could be decent. I mean, as much as Kill La Kill is looking less and less watchable every day. I don't know. <laughs> Kill La Kill is driving nuts. Because, like, the promotional shit I saw seemed cool, but then they're revealing, like, the outfits, and those are fucking yeah. terrible. And it's like, 10 bucks says it ends up being a decent show, but with embarrassing character designs. The character designs, you know what they are? They're Durin Logon-esque. That's what they are. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Every character is Yoko. <laughs> Even, like, the, the, the scenery and the backgrounds and shit that I saw in that trailer look cool. But then you're showing the fucking characters, and it's like she's not wearing... she The, the most clothes she's wearing is a thong and the top half of a schoolgirl outfit with obscene shoulders. <laughs> like, that's all she's wearing. Hide. Oh, hey, guess, guess what I just found out about Princess Tutu. What? Like the dark-haired girl, where I figured she was like some sort of uh, evil rival love interest character. Well, I was right, because she is also a magical girl. And uh, instead of uh, a duck, she is like called Princess K- Princess Crea, which is supposed to mean Princess Crow. So she is like the princess of that evil crow in the beginning. And, uh, 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 and uh, yeah... And, uh, by the way, that Drosselmeyer guy who looks like a creepy pedophile, well, he was actually the evil guy all along. Yeah. Oh, is he the evil guy of his own but, fairy tale? Um, because he is, uh, because the story that he once told is not the same that would make the main characters happy. So, uh, because he doesn't want a storybook happy ever after ending for the characters that's why he's evil and then they defy him at the end so he's Ganu Rabuchi uh, yeah pretty much <laughs> series might have something going for it if it ends up ending it up to be one big fuck you to Ganu Rabuchi <laughs> <laughs> well you got something going for you Oh this and podcast. oh and by the way his name I, his name and his entire character is practically uh, stolen from the Nutcracker. Yeah, I really want to see the final confrontation between them. <laughs> I'm your father. I made you. <laughs> your name is the Enforcer. I want your name Duck. All right, fine, you Duck. Whatever. Why would you do what I tell you? <laughs> Oh, and by the way, at the at the very end, the prince actually falls in love with that crow princess chick. So, yeah. What? Yeah. So then they don't get together? No. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> that... <laughs> what the hell was the point of all that? Yeah, and at the, at the end, the show... Wait, scene... no, but the, the crow chick is evil and a total bitch, so why does the prince fall in love with her? Because, also at the end, the show seems it says here the show seems to say that she's better as herself, meaning as her duck self, instead as Princess Dodo, a human girl. So basically, all all this bullshit about we gotta defy the story, and you don't have to be if you don't want to, and then in the end it turns out like nope, you actually are what you are. Fuck you. <laughs> now get back in the kitchen. I mean pond. You can't. <laughs> okay, it was nice enough for you to pretend for a while, but fuck off, you're not getting the prince anyway. 
It's like this. This is this what is a dickish a, this, end. That's like straight dickish. Yeah. This, Did, this, wait, is, this is the one time where a cliched storybook ending would have actually worked, sort of. But would have been the better ending to go with. Yeah. Does she at least still have the pendant, or do they take that away? Uh, <laughs> they like angrily take it away. Like, no, give it to me. Um, I I guess not really because her pendant is also a shard of the princess uh, of the prince's heart, which is the feeling of hope apparently. So uh, yeah. So she had to give it up. Yeah. No, ducks can't be people. Get back in the fucking pond, you bitch. Oh, and and even better. Don't get raped by a male duck, because that's how you do. (laughs) (laughs) Think of that, folks. All you all you Princess Tutu fans out there, that's how ducks reproduce. They rape each other. They are nature's rapists. They are in fact vile, evil rapists that will fuck a dead duck. They will rape a duck they know is dead. They are <laughs> ducks are nature's fucking rapists. They are brutal rapists. They are horrible. Their dick is a seventeen-inch drill penis. <laughs> that is the fate that awaits our main character, Princess Tutu. Just like my Japanese animes. She gonna get raped by a 17-inch drill penis. And there ain't nothing anyone gonna do about it. I don't wanna let y'all stew because I'm a dick. I'm gonna let that stew. That's what's gonna happen to our oh, precious little ballerina girl protagonist. She gonna get violently raped. And then, and then, because this is, this is how ducks work, she's gonna have to raise her raped babies with her rapist, because that's how ducks work. Oh, hey, it gets it gets even better. Sprinkle some sunshine on that shit. Yeah, Miss Crow Princess there breaks the curse of the prince by confessing her love instead of Princess Tudu, and he chooses her as his princess. And this is because she wasn't bound by the story to fade from existence if she confesses her love. So for all about the, for all of this shit about defying the author and so on and so on, uh, at the end it turns out that the main character couldn't get around the fact that she's uh, would have been basically erased from existence if she confessed to the prince. That doesn't even make sense. Like why? Just because he says so? Is there a reason for it? It's because the author says so, I guess. <laughs> and the author is a character in the show. Yeah, and he's the villain. So I don't know why, if they defeat him, why she couldn't just... I mean, the entire setup of the fucking show was that she was going to, like, defy all the odds and be together with this guy who is not a duck and, like, the ooh, the prince and so on. And there's this other girl who's a total cunt to him. And at the end, <laughs> she doesn't get together with anyone. It's just... And he gets together with a total bitch, so... He's together with a bitch, she's destined to get raped. Yeah. Ever <laughs> well, I guess Maybe it's... she... Maybe I guess she can still hook up with the cat. Yeah, I guess it's appropriate <laughs> kind of for the type of grim fairy tales, but... <laughs> and I'm I'm not talking about Grimdark, I'm talking about Brothers Grim here, but... Two M's. Yeah, yes. but, but actually their name is kind of appropriate, really. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is the, this is not really what you would expect from a fairy tale story, and this is not a compliment because by doing that, they're basically fucking up their entire show, practically. Yeah, the, I mean, it basically means that this whole character arc and the quest she went through it, it amounts to nothing. Yeah. It's all for nothing. 
No payoff. Yeah, and she, it's she, another she, one of these shows. I talked about this on Kuso because I reviewed a couple of them. Another one of these fucking shows with Z, that that drag you through all this shit and a whole fucking character arc, only to kill at the end, give you zero payoff, and leave you with nothing. <laughs> you know, it's it's like if if in Gurren Lagann during the last episodes or though the main character would have just said, uh, you know what, guys, I can't do it anyway. Let's just go home. <laughs> Let's go get McDonald's. <laughs> 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 I I won't win anyway. So, uh. I don't care. Yeah. Look, there's an awful lot of anti-spirals out there. It looks like a lot of work. I I don't I don't want to. Just go and watch Monk reruns. I I don't want to throw galaxies. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Roll credits. Just like all all the characters look at each other. This is pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they just leave. And, and then one character says, like, gee, if you had done that before, maybe your best friend would still be alive, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault that it was a contrived tragic ending. Yeah, because of you, Elton John is dead. You ass. <laughs> like, like they go into the final battle and ask themselves, what would anime Elton John do? Well, first of all, he'd probably die, so... <laughs> Let's do the opposite of that. <laughs> I hope when I finally do the Kuso episode of that, I hope that line actually is in the show, because I don't remember if it is or not. I hope someone says, what would he do? So I just cut to me saying, die, and then re-show this death scene again. <laughs> oh, and by the way, yes, she is. at the end she is stuck as a duck. Can't so transform anymore. She's destined to get drilled dick raped. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to get a taste of a different kind of drill that'll pierce the heavens. Yeah. Actually, TV Trope says star-crossed lovers. Uh, it's like subverted because the uh, dark-haired guy that was like the servant of the prince, he promises to stay with her even though she's a duck, which kind of has all kinds of implications. <laughs> and then this, this sequel is about a human-sized duck that can speak human language. His parentage is never discussed. <laughs> uh, oh my god. So basically what we can say here, this is probably one of our shorter episodes, there's not a lot to say. What we can say here, Magical Girl shows are not good shows. There's just, Middle Witch Academia, if you want to count it, okay. Maybe, but that that's like down the line, might have promise, but... It's it's more of a preview than an actual show so far. Yeah, I mean, I like the premise. I like that premise. That's that's a neat concept. Uh, could go either way. I mean, yeah, Studio Trigger. You know, it's hard to judge because they did Inferno Cop. That was amazing. Kill a kill. It's not looking good. So, <clears throat> it's hard to judge. These other shows are doo doo. They are doo doo butter. They are no no. They are blah blah, poo poo. And this is just a bad genre. It's just a bad fucking genre. It's it's shitty when it's when it's uh, targeting its target audience, its original target audience, the little girls, and it's even worse when it goes for the tertiary demographic, the periphery demographic. That's what I meant to say. Uh, of lonely dudes. In fact, it's yeah, it's worse. Uh, you get a lot of fucking pedophilia and creepy shit and pretension and rape. <laughs> And yeah, say no to magical girls. So 
You guys any have anything you want to add? Before yeah, we close? actually one thing, namely uh, one thing that makes the whole princess to the thing that I just told you even funnier <laughs> what? is the um, I guess you could call it arc words or whatever you want to call it, like the these things that are often repeated within the show, like the entire theme of the show, which one character in the anime states, which is called. May those who accept their fate be granted happiness. May those who defy it be granted glory. Well, at the end, she gets neither, so... (laughs) (laughs) Fuck all y'all. Like, the entire show has this fucking, you know, fuck destiny, we can do whatever the fuck we want. We don't, we aren't just the puppets of some evil author. And then, in the end, it turns out like that. (laughs) Then, yeah, you're a duck, fuck you. And you don't get anyone, ever. Well, have, you'll have, get your fruit. You'll get your future rapist. Yeah, have, have fun being raped <laughs> by a drill penis. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, do you have anything you wanted to add? I just wanted to put this behind me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're going to be looking back on this fondly after you know. Oh no! Next week. No. <laughs> you can't fight it. Just lay back and accept it. Speaking of rape, <laughs> yeah. Rape is not a genre, man. Yes, it is. Because I said so. <laughs> uh, so, from all of us here at the other side, I'm Cody Barr. I'm Max Leo. I'm Andrew Erickson. <laughs> Saying, the protagonist of Princess 2-2 is gonna get raped! <laughs>